1: Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Hey, y'all. Today, we're going to be talking with Elle Hall Coleman. She's the CEO of Girlfriend's Budget, and she's going to be telling us what we need to do financially in order to have career freedom. That means taking chances, following our dreams, and letting go of opportunities that aren't serving us. Let's talk to Elle. Okay, so I really wanted to have you on because I feel like people don't fully grasp how their finances affect the decisions they can make in their career. Having flexibility or like, I'm just saying like career freedom, um, whether that's taking advantage of a really good opportunity, but the money's not great for it, but you really want the opportunity. Or deciding to go out on your own and start your own business, or leaving a toxic work environment, or deciding, oh, I've been doing education for 15 years, and now I want to work in marketing. Um, so when you change a career like that, obviously, sometimes you have to start lower and build your way back up. So I wanted people to fully grasp, like, okay, what am I going to have to do to have this type of flexibility in my life? So I was like, I need the expert.
0: Well, I'm so glad. And i I'm so happy and grateful that you asked me to be on because I am a huge fan of work stories and I'm just really excited to be able to share my piece, whatever I can do to help.
1: Yeah. Okay, start us off by telling us about you. Well, I am L. Hall Coleman. I'm the founder and
0: CEO of Girlfriend's Budget. What we do at Girlfriend's Budget is we help women make money, save money, pay off debt, increase their credit scores, and start their businesses. So, you know, it's a trickle effect. And there's a plan that we work together to really be able to allow these women who are our clients to manifest their dream life. Everything that we do in this society, it costs money, you know? So in order to do that, we have to have a financial plan. So that's what we help our clients do. Um, And a lot of them do come to us wanting to start their own businesses and trying to figure out a way to do that. So That's what we do.
1: Yeah, you're definitely doing the Lord's work. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Because we we don't get like this education, you know, not properly in schools, right? I think the only class I took that had anything to do with money, it was like a government class and we had a taxes portion. And so we filled out a form once when I was 17.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, right? We're learning about geometry and chemistry and there may be folks that use that in their professional lives, you know, but in your day-to-day life, I'm not doing geometry. I need to know how to count my money, you know, Like
1: I need to know how to pay my bills. And as like, you know, a lot of people listening are black and brown and, you know, we don't have the luxury of having parents and grandparents and great grandparents who even had great money management skills before because they didn't have any money so there's nothing to manage they didn't have their own businesses there was no trust fund set up you know they didn't have accountants and lawyers and you know already had that mindset to naturally teach their children about money as they grow up they were figuring it out themselves so we're behind Okay, so I gave some different scenarios of what career freedom might look like for somebody. What do we need to know in order to take advantage of some of the opportunities I listed, like changing a career or going back to school or anything like that? Like, where do we start?
0: So I always tell people the first thing to start with is creating a realistic budget. Really what it means is just understanding how much money is coming into your household and how much money is going out of your household. We try to make it as simplified as possible, starting with a budget. So if you know, okay, for my household, I need at least $3,500 right, to cover all my bills. Then I say, okay, make sure that are you bringing in $3,500? You know, And if you decide to take a career change, are you still going to be able to sustain? Is that the money, the pay cut or whatever that you are now receiving? Are you still going to be able to pay your bills on a regular basis like you've been doing? Another tip though, is when you do that expense list, not just your household bills, transportation, all that, your nice to haves, I call them like the Netflix and the Hulu and the youtube red and all the other subscriptions spotify that people have um but take a look at your debt like if you have a lot of credit card debt if you've got loans student loans payday loans personal loans whatever even collections on your credit all of that is extra money that's leaving your household so the faster you can pay off the debt and get rid of those expenses, then you freed up more money in your budget that allows you to easily take a job that may have a pay cut. Or even if you decide, like I've had some clients that are like, I want to go from full-time to part-time because they've paid off their debt. Those are expenses they've gotten rid of. Now they have more wiggle room in their budget, or they don't need as much income coming in from that nine to five maybe. And now they can start their side hustle and spend more time doing that to determine how they can now replace the side hustle income with
1: what they're bringing in for the nine to five. I'm going to admit something right here in front of everyone listening. I have an Uber Eats problem. Okay. And so if I was doing my budget, I don't think that I would budget in me getting food delivery two, three times a week. So that I just was like hooking on to that. Like, I guess a lot of people have to make cuts to things like that. That's my advice. But a lot of people go and buy $7 coffee every day, or yes. they have to get their nails done every week. You know, everybody has a thing. Um, what does it look like to reshape that thing so that you can hit your goals? In my budget layout that I teach my clients, we have a section
0: that's the Mm nice-to-haves. So the nice-to-haves are things that you want, but you don't really need, you know? (laughs) So if things need to be cut, that's the section, that's the first section we go to. All right, some of these nice-to-haves, we got to cut out. Maybe we can't go to the nail shop every week or every two weeks. Maybe it needs to be once a month, or maybe we need to skip a couple months. But I do believe in balance. So one thing that I really touch on is allowing yourself to have some spending money. So for you, Joy, that may be, you know, part of your Uber Eats. So (laughs) if you've got some set aside money, like just to throw out numbers, let's say we've got $200 for two weeks. I really Mm -hmm. encourage people, if you have this spending money, don't go spending it immediately because then you got two more weeks if you get paid biweekly, you know, to your next payday. That could be part of your spending money. And that's To spend on whatever you choose. But once that spending money is
1: gone, then you got to go to the pantry. What what we got in the kitchen, you know? (laughs) What's in here? (laughs) We're making this budget, you know, this is what we have to to spend and we're charting that all out. But then... Are you putting in your budget what you want to save as well? Absolutely. Yes. So that's really at
0: the top. So I I use spreadsheets with my clients because I feel like they're most customizable. Yeah, there's a lot of apps and things like that out there, which you can use apps in conjunction with a spreadsheet. But I like a spreadsheet because we can forecast you know, what your savings is going to look like in three to six months or what your debt payoff is going to be in three to six months. And that way we can get an idea. But at the very top of the spreadsheet is where we have the savings because I really want to keep that at the forefront of our minds. So we can call it savings, emergency fund. A lot of my clients like to call it their financial freedom fund because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm putting this money away because this is going to allow me more freedom to do what I want to do. So yes, you're budgeting that in. And so there's this phrase that goes around called pay yourself first. But mm-hmm. I think pe- it's a misconception for a lot of people because when you're saying pay yourself first, if you're giving yourself money or putting even putting money in your savings but you don't have enough money to cover the rest of the bills for the month then it completely defeats the purpose you know of paying yourself first because you're going to go dipping into your savings because you don't have enough to cover so just knowing how how much do I need for my household and then any discretionary anything that's left over typically what's left over people say oh that's my spending if I got five hundred dollars left over I'm spending all of it you know but if you've yeah. got five hundred dollars left over then two hundred of that may be you're spending and then the other 300 goes into savings you know everybody's Mm -hmm. goals you know are different but that's my philosophy is what can we save even if it's 25 dollars a paycheck at least we're putting something in it and not touching it that way we're able to keep building
1: people make drastically different amounts of money right so let's go through some different ranges and talk about ways that we can be saving or investing with so making money off your money Mm -hmm. like you know for these different ranges, kind of break it down. So let's talk about people making, you know, $50,000, $60,000, maybe even less, what are realistic strategies for those folks so that they have this career freedom and and for whatever they're going to use it for maybe that's to make sure that they have a cushion to pay their rent once they've made this career change or move paying especially oh god student loans can't even talk about it but you know when those type of responsibilities come back um that where we have to pay them making sure that they're covered their car notes things like that so you know 50 60
0: is not bad you know that's not a bad salary range it's it's decent enough to be able to have some freedom and wiggle room to do the things that you want to do like you said everybody's situation is different so if you're a single person you're making this amount then you've really got some freedom because you can find different ways that maybe you can cut costs at your household costs that's number one how can we cut costs first especially if you're thinking about starting your own business or transitioning careers to something that makes less maybe um That could mean getting a roommate. If you have a home already, that could mean leasing out a room, you know, to somebody that you feel comfortable with. You you know what I mean? Like that's an option. You know, I did that when I had my home. I bought my first home at 23 and I leased out one of of the rooms in my house because I was like, I'm going to have somebody help me pay this mortgage, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So that could be an option or like a roommate if you're renting. Another one is if you have a car note, how can we pay this car note off faster? If you can pay off your car aggressively, do what you can while you're still employed doing what you're doing to try to pay that off. Um, other things, food. I know food is a big thing. You know, people like to eat out. It's convenient. I get it. You know, you don't have to do dishes, all that stuff. But you know, if you just take a few minutes to meal prep, and when I say meal prep, I'm not saying like cook all your meals on Sunday. Like that doesn't work for me. You know, mm-hmm. that may work for somebody else, but. Even if you just jot down some ideas, okay, Monday, I'm gonna have spaghetti, then I'm gonna have leftovers on Tuesday, just kind of like planning out your week to say, okay, in order for me to not spend unnecessary money, how can I make things easier for myself and plan things out so that I can ensure that I'm reaching my financial goals, whatever those look like for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're making 50, 60,000, like I said, it's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, student loans. I say, man, that those are a beast, right? right? So if you're not paying on them now, that's okay. If you can pay on them now while they're paused and no interest is being added, that's even better because once they start back up with the interest, then you know more money monthly is being added. So just getting rid of your debt eliminates more expenses. So that way, like I said, you have more freed up money to save more. Or even start investing in your side hustle. I used
1: to say all the time that I was going to pay like multiple months of rent in advance Mm -hmm. so that I could like breathe easier. I didn't really have any specific goals then when I was saying that, but I just felt like it would feel good to do what I would do if I didn't have to pay rent for a month. And obviously you paid it, but sometimes it's a trick of the mind, right? Getting the most important things out the way first and figuring out, okay, what are the other things that I wanted to do that I've been putting off because I have this big burden hanging over me each month exactly Mm -hmm. but I never did it (laughs) (laughs) a girl can dream okay Like I knew the value in it and I wanted to get there. I didn't get there. And now I have a mortgage and I'm like, ooh.
0: It's okay. Cause like everybody's like thought process and, you know, the way that they feel comfortable in doing things is different. So there may be somebody that's like, yeah, I want to pay up If I get a lump sum of money, right? If I get a lump sum of money that comes in, maybe I can just pay up three Mm -hmm. months of rent. Another person might say, okay, if I get this lump sum of money, I just want to budget out. You know, what can I do with this money? Let me just plan it in my spreadsheet to budget out what exactly can I do with this money, even while paying rent, because I know the rent money is there. But maybe there's some other things that I can put this lump sum toward. There's no really just right or wrong. Just as long as you're living within your means and you're making it work, where you're still putting money into savings, you're still able to pay off your debt, then, you know, whatever works for you, you just got to continue doing that. It's the discipline and the consistency.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about people making more... 80 90 Mm -hmm. 100 um are there different things that you would do if you're in this point in your life not really i mean everybody needs a budget no matter what
0: amount you're making now what i have Mm. seen is that you know i have six-figure clients and typically what happens is when you make more money you're spending more money so a lot of these Mm. six-figure clients have very very high credit card debt because they're like well i'm making it so i can spend it you know and it's not a big deal but that high credit card debt then affects your credit score. You know, that's another huge thing, especially if you are starting a business, you want your credit score to be A1. Because, you know, you never know what you're going to need. You want to have these relationships with the bank, maybe get a business credit card. All that goes off of your personal credit initially. So, you know, you want to
1: make sure that your personal credit is in good shape. You know, when you make more, you're like, oh, I want more room in my living situation, whether that be like, you know, adding another bedroom or purchasing if you have been renting before. So it's like you keep upgrading your life. Yeah, exactly. Like your expenses go up just as your push, as your mm-hmm. income goes up. Then
0: your income goes up again, then your expenses go up again. You know what I mean? So it's like understanding that, okay, when I get this promotion, this extra money, if it's a $10,000 promotion, what am I going to do with this? Like future forward thinking as opposed to like right now.
1: Yeah. When I got a promotion, I pretended like I didn't get it for like yeah. six months. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, like, I lived exactly the way I lived for about, I'll say, about six months before I actually really started changing. So I saved, like, drastically. Like, it happened so fast because I just, I tricked myself. Exactly. Exactly.
0: It's the instant gratification, you know, that people are really um, struggling with sometimes is, okay, now I got this extra money. What else can I do, you know, to for my wants, not necessarily for my needs. But you did
1: it exactly right. I'm proud of you, Joy. Yes. <laughs> you know, girl, I'm learning. It was a rough start to adulthood. I wasn't buying a house at 23 like you, like superhuman. What? <laughs> okay, so let's get into yeah. that. Tell us more. I want to tell us your story and and tell us all of it. Like start starting off like how did you get into caring about this stuff and feeling passionate about it to the point that you wanted to help other people?
0: Well, you know, growing up, my parents talked about money a lot. My dad was a banker. So, you know, he, he was in the position where he was loaning small businesses money for, you know, whatever they needed to do. And um, he would see these situations, these people coming in with situations where you know, their finances were in order. And back in those days, you know, I was like two in the eighties, you know, like, um, <laughs> they, the banks weren't really lenient or open to giving money even still now today, you know, but definitely back then they weren't really like excited about giving money to black and Brown owned businesses. So that was my dad's thing is how can we get more money into these black communities and black businesses? So that was a really a passion of his. And my mom actually started out as an accountant. Later, she became a nurse. But because they had this financial knowledge, um, they wanted to ensure that we understood like money is important, especially in
1: mm-hmm. America,
0: you know. Now, they didn't sit me down and say like, this is how you do a budget. But I definitely heard the word budget a lot in my house. Like my mom, said, that's mm-hmm. not in a budget, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I think people try to hide that from their kids a little bit, like to, oh, I'm just a child skipping around through the world and I don't know. But I think there's benefits to knowing like your family has a budget. Like I knew how much my parents made my whole life, like as long as I could remember. And that, that gave me perspective, particularly like when I was with other families Mm -hmm. and I could say, you know, compare, yeah, Oh, these people make a lot more or these people make a lot less. Mm -hmm. And it gave me like a reality check to the world that I was in that there is a difference in lifestyle and what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, interestingly enough, you know, my parents, they walked it like they talked it. So
0: I was 13. I wanted a cell phone. That's when like singular Nokia was out, you know, with the little ringtones and all that, you know, so I was like, yeah, I want a cell phone, you know, I'm I'm about to start high school soon. And my parents were like, okay, if you want a cell phone, then you can pay for it. Now, mind you, I'm 13. I'm also working at this point, right? <laughs> because doing what at 13? So Both my parents had businesses for a little while. Um, My mom owned like a smoothie sandwich shop at the mall and um, my dad owned a shaving gel business. So I would work my, my, I would say my full-time job. (laughs) My full-time job was at the, at the restaurant after after school or on the weekends or whatever. (laughs) But I would like help my dad out with like packaging the, shaving gel orders and things like that. So I got paid, though, from the restaurant. That's really where I got paid from. Ooh, but my yeah. mom would come around every month with that bill. he you go, like, a bill collector. I'm like, dang, I just yeah. paid that bill, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were trying to teach me responsibility. You make money, then you have bills that you have to pay for, you know? And then also, like, at 11, she opened a savings account for me. And I actually still have that savings account now. I'm 35
1: oh my gosh. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So she was like, you want this cell phone? Cool, but we're going to save money, you know, and we're going to make sure that you understand you work for the income, you pay your bills, you save money. So, you know, I just was saving for a very long time. And at 23, I was like, I really want to make a big girl decision for myself. And I ended up buying a house. You couldn't just
1: get a tattoo? <laughs> I don't, there's some other big girl decisions in between. I'm just saying there were some other options you had. True. <laughs> Can you tell us, I mean, what was your strategy then? Cause I mean, I know you're reading and learning, but yeah. I'm imagining there's a lot to still learn. So what was your strategy there? Did you get like a condo or like what happened?
0: No. So honestly there was zero strategy know, I was still very young, but so my parents, you know, they were pretty strict growing up and I felt like I didn't often have a lot of freedom, so to be honest, I really bought my house just because I I wanted that sense of freedom, like making my own decision, you know. And yeah. like there was no strategy other than that. I was like, "Can I afford this house? I like it. Let me buy it." Like that—that was, that was, that was really it. I mean, really. But I would say that there were some lessons learned, some pros and cons, because a lot of the clients that come to me they want to be homeowners and homeownership is fantastic. But at 23, all you know, my friends lived in Dallas in the city. You know, if I wanted to go out, hang out, I would have to drive an hour to out, then drive an hour back home. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, small things like that, people in apartments maybe take for granted. If something happens in your apartment, you can just call the maintenance or put in a, you know, a order request or what House. No, you got to pay for everything that breaks, unless you have some type of warranty. But even then, sometimes, you know, you got to pay for. Whatever overage or fees or whatever that they have. People don't realize the extra expenses that come along, you know, with homeownership. When I had my house the first couple of years, it was a brand new, brand new construction home, but things happen, you know. Um, the water heater went out, I had to pay for that. The AC went out, I had to pay for that. There's like a tornado that came through, knocked down the fence, had to pay for that, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. all these things that can possibly happen. You have to ensure that you've got an emergency savings, you know, for this, because you just never know the curveballs
1: that life is going to throw at you. So how long did you have the house? I, I'm assuming you ended up selling.
0: Yeah. So, um, I was 23 when I bought it and I was, it was like five years. I'd say I was 27 when I sold it. And I made a, a nice profit off of it, you know, and then I just decided to then do other things. So, you know, building my business and, you know, investing in other opportunities. Wow. So wait, so when you created this business, you
1: quit your job? Well, no, I started the business while I was still working. Okay. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that for people who have an idea, feel passionate about something, but don't know how to transition?
0: So, you know, I just always had that entrepreneurial spirit because like I said, you know, my parents were entrepreneurs, but I didn't exactly know what that entrepreneurship journey was going to look like for me. So in my corporate career, I hopped around to different things that I liked. I was in contracting. I ended up in budgeting for a school district. So I always knew that I really enjoyed helping other people with their finances. That's why the, the budgeting department that I really just happened to end up in. I didn't even apply for it. I just got put in that position, you know, but it was just like alignment, you know? So I was like, okay, how can I at least start? Cause I don't want to, I learned from my, my no strategy with the house, right? right. I was like how can I strategize with this instead of just jumping into a decision? So I started it as a blog in 2016 and I was like, let me just write about my experiences. And here's another thing that I think people um, get. Maybe manipulated into thinking because I love Pinterest. I'm on Pinterest all the time, and you know, you scroll, and even social media period, you see these things. You're like, oh, start a blog, make a hundred thousand dollars in your first year. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, let me start this blog then. You know, right. so. Um, but it didn't really happen like that. And so I started the blog and just writing about my experiences and my knowledge of like what to do, where to start, how can you start your budget, what makes sense for you, tips, you know, how can you save more money, things like that. And it was fun. I really enjoyed writing. But um 2018 is when I decided to make it an official business because people were reading the blog but still it's like I still know how to do this like I need somebody hands-on to show me step by step how do I do this and so I was like okay I this is how I can start making this like an income-driven business and offering my services and so I started with just like some guinea pigs you know I was like because I wasn't really sure that's the thing with um service-based businesses is Understanding your pricing, especially in the beginning, you know. So I just started with some guinea pigs just to ensure that I felt confident in what my skills were. So I was charging people like forty dollars, you know, a month to just help them out mm-hmm. in doing their finances. Like then, once I started seeing the results, I'm like, okay, my prices need to go up because right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like if I'm able to help you save five ten thousand dollars in less than a year plus pay off your debt plus travel plus do other things then you can definitely afford to pay me more you know so I think it just starts with what's your passion how can you start even if it's just a little bit while you're still working and like working your money management plan to be able to quit Mm -hmm. then proving to yourself that you're able to do this you know does your system work or your product is it going to sell you know like What's the proven results that you're seeing while you're still working? Because the last thing you want to do is quit your job and be like, okay, let me just go full force, you know, now. And it takes time, you know, it takes mm-hmm. time to get your name out there. It takes time to get your brand
1: up. It takes time to get people to buy your your stuff, you know? Yeah. So you would definitely advise that people start their transition before they actually leave that income with their job. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, yes. If you can see even some income coming in, then you're like, okay, I got a, a system. Now, if I transition, let me just double down on this system to bring in more in- revenue. So, how long did you, I would say, like, overlap your two jobs? I started in 2016. So, and I quit in 2018. So, okay. it was two years.
1: Oh, wow. You mm-hmm. hear that, y'all? You don't just. <laughs> jump Mm -hmm. all in right away that's so smart because yeah because then you have an idea and then you're like oh I thought this would work and it's not and Mm -hmm. I already quit yeah I got excited kind of reminds me like when people win the lottery Mm -hmm. and they haven't even cashed in the ticket yet yep and they're like I quit you know and they're you know cussing telling all people middle finger in the air forget you boss and then (laughs) something falls through yep (laughs) i crawling
0: back. I know, you know, and one thing I told myself, I said, when I quit, I'm not coming back. You know, like I refuse to come back because that's why I'm making the plan now because I want this to succeed. And speaking, you know, of lottery winners, I don't know if people know this statistic, but 80% of people who win the lottery end up broke within the, the next like three to five years because they get the money and in their mind, they're already spending it before the check hits the account. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. So when the check does hit the account, then the money's pretty much gone at that point. They're buying all kinds of lavish things. Yeah.
1: Well, they needed someone like you. Yeah. I wish they <laughs> would have come to me. I really right. did. <laughs> I'm definitely going to come to you, particularly when a long lost uncle that's really rich um, leaves me a large sum of money. Yes, please do. <laughs> like someone comes to my door and was like, We're gonna need you to read the will. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who for who? For... <laughs> I don't know. See, I, I watch too much like T V and movies. This is it. <laughs> this is like the fantasy. Because like the, the thinking like what would I do like we were saying earlier with a larger sum mm-hmm. and knowing like I think that I'm at the point in my life that I would be smart enough to pay myself first and pay down the most important big bills Mm -hmm. and not just, you know, go crazy and buy shoes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like that's always joke. I'm like, yep. Whenever someone comes knocking, I'll be Mm -hmm. ready. (laughs) Yes, Yes, you will be, you know, exactly who to come to. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. I hope this, this gives people a better idea of like what they need to do to really shape the career they want. Like, Financial freedom is career freedom. Tell folks how they can get in touch with you and work with you and learn from you. Yes. So um, you can find me on my website at
0: www.girlfriend'sbudget, girlfriend's with an s, budget.com. It's all one word. Um, I'm also on Instagram, gfbudget. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Pinterest. Literally, if you google girlfriend's budget, I'm going to come up. You will not miss me. (laughs) Um, But you can definitely offer um, a complimentary 30-minute consultation just to get an idea of where folks are because I want to ensure that I'm the best fit and they're the best fit, you know, that we're going to be able to work together well and that it makes sense. Um, I would love to help more women and, and men too. We're all inclusive, but I'm all about women empowerment. And just closing that wealth gap, you know, when it comes to, to women, especially women of color. So,
1: yeah, Thank you so much. And on that note, I'm going to go pay a bill or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Elle just told us to get our lives together in like the nicest possible way. Making those big career moves means saving and planning and, of course, making a budget. Make sure you follow Girlfriend's Budget for more tips. Hope you all are having a peaceful and positive week. And I'll be back next week with our last episode of the season. Take care.